Welcome to Trust the Bachelor Process, a podcast where Bachelor superfans and sisters, Alex and Sarah, discuss all things Bachelor Nation, typically with a glass of rosé in hand, our two true passions. So sit back with us, sip rosé with us, and enjoy the journey with us. Fantasy sweet. And this was very light, very fun. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Very escapist uh, fantasy. Just like, ev- just like every other episode this season. Just like every other episode this season. We're- you know, this season, mm-hmm. I, I loved it at first. I loved it. Mm-hmm. And then about halfway through, I didn't. I think we're all just sort of feeling the weight of how um, seriously everything was mishandled and uh, it's heavy. It's really heavy and it's devastating and people's lives are at stake. Yes. And I still feel really angry at the show. Like it's weird. It's like I'm mad at mom and dad, right? Not our mom and dad, like the show being mom and dad. That's like how it feels. Like I'm mad at them for like not addressing anything. And I know that mm-hmm. this is why they brought Emmanuel Acho on and for after the final rose and we're obviously very excited for that. And I think it's gonna be great. But it's like I need to hear from you. Like you can't just keep like editing Chris Harrison out as much as you want or adding little like um, disclaimers at the top of episodes and then like bringing in other people that like it's just like I need to hear from you like it feels crazy that I haven't yet yeah it really I meaning the collective bachelor nation (laughs) the nation (laughs) I totally agree I this has been really, really hard. Um, I don't know. Uh, but before we get into it, before we get into this episode, some some fun news. Uh, Sarah and I were on uh, the podcast Crush Fictionally this past week. Uh, it was so much fun. Basically, you you go on the show and you talk about your your biggest crush based on a fictional character. So yeah. We were playing by, because we are a host of a Bachelor podcast, we each got to pick our our Bachelor crush. Our most eligible, eligible Bachelor. Eligible Bachelor crush. So we were like, so we played like, they have to be single when we last saw them. So I picked yes. Ted Lasso and Sarah, who did you pick? I picked Jess from Gilmore Girls, which like, I still can't, it just to me, just from Gilmore Girls feels like every single straight girl's crush that I like, I just like, I was like, I'll pick the low hanging fruit here. Like, I just couldn't believe it wasn't everyone's pick. Uh, Sarah, who is your backup pick? Uh I know. I'm the only one that likes Andy Bernard <laughs> from The Office. Yes, you heard it. Andy Bernard from The Office. Um. We will direct you to that uh, that podcast, Crush Fiction. <laughs> All right, Alex, Alex, why don't you tell everyone? Tell 
everyone who your backup was. It's <laughs> black because he's hot AF. I stand by it and I love it. Uh, but check out Crush Fictionally. Those girls are so amazing. And we just had such a blast chatting with them. And it was just sort of this nice little bright spot. Because I think, so you know, Sarah and I were just talking on about, about this offline before we started recording. But it's been a really hard month for a lot of people. And sometimes you just got to indulge in the silly. So that's a great totally for a little bit of escape is fun so don't yeah they are awesome it's um on the same network on campfire media um so yeah just check it out wherever you listen to us you can find them there um and not to be like all abc producers about it but just my disclaimer we filmed it uh where we recorded it right um kind of right after all the stuff with chris harrison so there has been stuff that happened in Bachelor Nation sense that we don't address on it, but we do talk about it on that podcast. So I just wanted to let you guys know that this was a few weeks ago when we recorded it um, before like Women Tell All and the announcement of Emmanuel Acho and all of that, so. Little peek behind the curtain. Um, (laughs) Okay, let's talk about this episode. Uh, We're gonna start off by talking about Matt and his dad and just full disclosure, this was something that was really hard to watch and <laughs> even talking about it just being talking about it right now I'm hearing myself get emotional again uh this was uh this is something that shouldn't have happened uh, it, uh or at least it shouldn't have happened on camera I mean I, if if Matt needed to have that you know that's on Matt but that that's up to Matt I mean but yeah we should not have been a part of it yeah um at the time i was getting kind of a little bit of flashbacks to rachel and dean's uh hometown date or dean on rachel season where uh and i guess the parallel would be the dad just had no idea what he was getting himself into i mean i think at one point he even said i was here to celebrate your success not to air this out yeah he's like i thought that we were here to celebrate your engagement or about to be engaged and what's happening here and I mean, he just kind of came in with this like big unassuming smile on his face. And it was just like a huge challenge to-, to I was, yeah. I um, think I think most people were really, really nervous about it because it, we knew it was coming. And a lot of it's been like talked about by Reality Steve and all of that. And it was like already, I think going into it, like my heart was racing a little bit. Like I was really nervous about what I was about to watch. Yeah. And, and I think rightfully so. Um, so Sarah suggested uh, we listen to Rachel Lindsay on the Bachelor Party Pod before we started filming, and she actually had some really great insights too onto why this was doubly painful. Uh, there is a racial stereotype within the Black community about the absentee father, and the show was trying to build a narrative around that uh, by bringing him on the show and having Matt confront him uh, in a completely inappropriate space. And it was, it was just, so beyond it being emotionally complicated and inappropriate, it was also just, it has bigger implications that are also harmful and just make it completely, it just, it shouldn't have happened. And it was like, yeah. oh, I was just, it was just, it was another reminder that there isn't representation behind the cameras because they this was like they crafted 
a narrative thinking that this was going to be an impactful story without thinking of the actual implications that it could cause um, that are triggering, stereotypical, um, you know, affecting people's lives. So um, yeah, it's yeah. just, it's, it's, it's more proof of that. Um, Absolutely. And I think you had mentioned that Rachel had also stated that Matt was sort of backed in a corner to do this, right? Yeah, I think her, she said, I know for a fact that he was uncomfortable by this. So while he knew it was happening, mm -hmm. it sounds like he didn't want to. And, we, you know, we've been saying this about Matt from the beginning. This is his first time as a bachelor. He doesn't really know like what he can and cannot do. He doesn't really have a lot of power in this situation. Sorry, when I say this is his first time as a bachelor, I mean, this is his first time like on the show. So like he doesn't like he's very, very produced and he had to trust his producers. So even if he was uncomfortable, I'm sure he went with it because he was like, okay, this is how they're building the show. And he did tweet, he sent out a few tweets the day after, or excuse me, I actually think the night of, the, so the night that it aired, um, essentially saying that that conversation was missing a lot of context mm -hmm. too. Um, and that it, 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 it wasn't necessarily like a fair representation of yeah. their relationship and what was going on. Yeah. I think, if anything, I just, I think we're probably ready to move on from talking about this because obviously it's something that is just too sad to talk about. But yeah. ultimately, I think one positive that did come that we at least got to witness was the fact that they both seem to have a desire to have a relationship with each other. And I yeah. hope that they can find that moving forward. Um, Me too. Matt's dad is apparently a really good soccer player. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. I mean, we all know how I feel about Matt. I like him. I, okay. <laughs> I think he, I just think he's a really good person. And um, yeah, I hope the best for him and his family. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Actually, I need to tell you about something silly while we're on the conversation of me liking Matt. Okay. Um, I didn't I haven't told you this. I haven't told Adam, my husband this. I haven't told anyone. This. I had a I had a dream that I was the bachelorette, but the guys got to like decide amongst themselves who won. <laughs> Like, it, so it was like, while I was the bachelorette, I had none of the power and it was my, and it wasn't ending in an engagement. It was ending on my wedding day. And so I was like in a full blown wedding gown, hair done, shoes, the whole family's there. We like rented some insane villa. Like it's like, it's like the whole shebang. And it was down to Matt James and some other random guy and who, again, they got like all the men were deciding who was going to go like, every single week. And um, anyway, I don't know who won, but Matt James like snuck into my like bridal suite while I was getting ready. And I was like, is it you? And he was like, I don't know. <laughs> It's like the bachelor, like the bachelorette, if the bachelorette had zero agency whatsoever. Yeah, like no power. I had all the fame, none of the power. 
it, it yeah. feels like a symbol. It feels like a symbol. You should talk to your therapist about that. <laughs> um, um, okay, let's yeah. get into these. Um, let's get into these. I, I say fantasy sweet dates in quotes because this was horrifying. These um, are terrible dates. Um, bad dates with the exception of Rachel's, which was kind of okay. <laughs> at yeah. And it's, well, even Rachel's date, while it was like an okay date, it wasn't like a fantasy sweet date. That was like the date you have early on in the season. Also, listen, Alex and I grew up in Pennsylvania. I have never heard of like the Pennsylvania Dutch spa day where you rub butter on each other. Oh my God. Can you imagine? Okay, so let's talk about Michelle's date. So Michelle is being told that she's going to go to a spa. And as somebody <laughs> who would kill to go to a spa. I love the spa. spa. I love the spa. We both saw in Claire's season slash Tasha's season that they had full access to the La Quinta spa. I was just like, oh, Michelle must just be so happy. If I were to walk into that poorly ventilated, cold looking room with where my only source of pleasure was sticks of butter, I would be so Pissed. Yeah, I would be really upset if I was not getting like an insane massage or like a facial or something. I mean, they seem to have so much fun to fun together. Um, they're very comfortable with each other. So it looked like she was having a good time. But yes, I would be very unhappy. And then they were just like, back in their like jeans and sweaters right after and i was like did you guys shower is there butter all over your they sweater now to, there was butter on their backs and oatmeal on their feet i was just like they were <laughs> so i they both are so attractive in bathing suits that i was just like thank god you guys are so pretty to look at because otherwise this would just like be watching people play in a swamp it is so gross <laughs> i have butter and oatmeal maybe as an apology for my weird dream i should surprise adam with a pennsylvania dutch spa <laughs> oh my god it sounds really romantic <laughs> um it also just like felt like it was happening like the lighting felt like it was happening at night so when they had the night portion of their date i was just like oh it's it's still night they have like a night portion um it was probably like 2 a.m maybe I mean I think it was outside it's sort of like when you're in a movie theater in the dark and you go out and it's like 1 p.m in the afternoon and you're like oh there's light oh yeah I just think it looked like there was darkness outside I think it was just because that's a really good point like you go into the movie at three and then you come out and it's pitch black exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and it's really disorienting wow i haven't had that experience in well over a year no spas no movies um, the only i almost forgot what you were talking about <laughs> right yeah i mean they missed the entertaining part and just went straight to the disorienting part which is yeah. yeah 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 but yeah uh one thing that they said during the date night that was i that so all three women told Matt that they loved him, but only the only person Matt sort of said some variation of that back to was Rachel. But one thing that I thought was interesting that he said to Michelle was that he liked her family the best or that he was the most comfortable with her family. Yeah, which makes sense because I think he's the most comfortable with her. 
Yeah, too. he does seem it. And I think like he is somebody, I don't think he is there yet, but I think he is somebody who values stability. And we heard him say so many times that he is not, the, he's the kind of person who's going to stick around. He's like a different person than his father. I think he really is drawn to the authentic love that her parents mm. are comfortable showing each other and therefore showing Michelle like they just seem like they're a very love warm open family yeah I could see him being drawn to that energy and I ultimately think that's probably what he definitely needs um but I don't know that it's I don't I can't tell if that's what he wants right now I don't think it is I think I will I think it's what he yeah I think yeah you nailed it like it's what he needs and I think he's like drawn to it but I I I I think it's more of like he's just more intrigued by I don't I don't mean to comment on their relationship but like in this way but like more consumed with the lust and the reason I say that is just because basically up until her fantasy suite we had not seen him have a real conversation with Rachel oh, and at all talk about that because it was barely a conversation <laughs> <laughs> it was barely a conversation once they actually had one um I really really like Michelle she's just so like she's just so cool like I like I feel like that's how you can explain it like she's like she's very sweet and we like saw like her like the kindness and like like the gentleness with her students which was like so nice but she's like so funny and she's clearly somebody that like the women in the house really enjoy um like serena p like talks about how much like michelle would make her laugh like she's just like carefree and cool and smart and pretty <laughs> good vibes she's good energy um, vibes yeah good vibes I really appreciate her and I, I I think her vibes are so much of what makes her so attractive outside of already yeah her model Matt did say okay he said this really weird thing where when she left the fantasy suite the next morning <laughs> oh okay I don't remember this he said where we went last night was incredible where did they go <laughs> It, was it a state of mind? Was it? It was a state of mind. Or it was a state of orgasm. <laughs> okay, this raises a question. Did Matt sleep with all three of them? Yes. Yes. Is the obvious answer. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> it's like not, he basically said it. <laughs> after every single one of the dates <laughs> and I don't know what Matt's quarantine practices were prior to becoming the bachelor but yes you do yes you do the quarantine crew in Florida well, the quarantine crew quarantine dating practices I mean people had neither do I at different levels of uh I guess boundaries and comfortability among each other you know during the courting process but you know a lot of people haven't touched a, 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 a member of the sex that they are attracted to in a really long time. Yeah, that's a good point. It's hard to blame them. And all three of them seemed happy, no matter if it ended in an engagement or not. <laughs> um, speaking of engagements, should we move on to Brie? Yeah. So an equally horrifying fantasy suite. <laughs> yeah. And the reason I brought up the engagements was we'll get to it but like she was 
not letting that engagement conversation pass by. <laughs> she went in with the intention of like, I'm going to find out if like an engagement is on the horizon for us. So that was sort of looming over her and we'll get to what that conversation was. But this date sucked. <laughs> sucked. It would have been cute if they could have just like showed up and there was like a cute bonfire and they could like roast s'mores maybe that's a little bit better but yeah like pitching a tent that's like also i mean you may as well give them a an ikea desk to put together or something like that is like a real test <laughs> relationship through maybe it was smart but i was horrified that that's where they were gonna have to sleep because like traditionally right it's like the person that they're definitely not picking gets like kind of the unique fantasy so spot. Still, we're in a year we're in a yeah dream a yeah a hole in the sand i think that was from southern charm uh craig, <laughs> craig, craig and Catherine hooked up in a hole in the sand <laughs> uh, oh god yeah so i was like oh my god she's gonna have to sleep in the tent that she pitched herself so luckily that was not that was not the case but yeah because she was picked last in the previous rose ceremony she was like i'm finding out if this is like for real or not and gave her all the assurance she needed surprise surprise she like pretty much left that fantasy suite thinking that it was her Matt was obviously not going to pick her. Matt should have sent her home after Serena P left. Like, he shouldn't have given out three roses. I don't know. I, I Maybe I. this is like an unpopular take, but I thought that he was, I thought he was just like, oh, cool. I, I think, I don't know that it was just like, I don't want it to be Brie. It's like, oh, cool. I get these three girls now. I think that was just sort of his mindset. Like, I don't think. He I just felt like he was like really in, like uh, obsessed with Serena P, like kind of infatuated with her. Clearly, like Rachel, like it's just kind of like the person that he was bringing with him from the beginning. And then, yeah, he has like so much fun. Like him and Michelle just feel like they could totally be together. So I don't know. I think Brie just kind of felt like the outlier for his relationships and where they were. I like Brie. I like her a lot. Yeah, I love her. Maybe you're right. Maybe I'm just like blinded by her beauty. But uh, I do know, circling back to what I was saying a couple minutes ago, um, she was like hell bent on having this conversation about an engagement. And he was hell bent on not having that conversation. <laughs> I, I mean, he, we, we saw him pivot to his dad. We saw, and she's like, yeah, okay, cool, cool, cool. But I'm just gonna like bring up that engagement part again. And then he like told more things about his dad. And so then she felt like she had to talk about her dad. And I don't, to me, it's like, she might've gotten assurance by having uninterrupted time with him, which is what they kept calling it, uninterrupted time. but. I don't, from that conversation, I would just be like, oh yeah, I don't think he's picking me. He's not answering my question. Yeah, but she didn't take it that way. Mm. They well, were like, she was in her like nightgown the next morning. They were all over each other. It was like, hot. they look hot. They were like 
together. Yeah, they were like cooking. <laughs> she was like, last night was everything I expected and a little bit more. And he was like, really? <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean by a little bit more? <laughs> um, sorry, that was dirty what I just said. Um, but what I obviously it doesn't work out and she goes back and I just they started this during Peter season we need to stop this tradition of the women slash the men coming back to the shared suite after these fantasy suites it's not it's really bad well okay to be fair they're all in the same like they're all in the same place now but yeah they could have just like given them their own hotel rooms like we didn't have to meet them in the hotel lobby that we've been seeing them in like all season it's bad it's like really bad to watch them all have to like listen to each other's fantasy suits and be like how's your date what did you do yeah charlie what do you think they did <laughs> well charlie texted me last night and he's like it's so bizarre it's they're like well i just came back from having sex with him cool i'm gonna go have sex with him now <laughs> like a tag in tag out like sex parade or something although i am still convinced that peter did not sleep with victoria fuller i know sarah <laughs> i think you're probably right a few listeners i chimed think in. i'm really right <laughs> um but in general that that interaction, it, it, it doesn't matter. Like the, what's worse is what, what people are left wondering about, because if you don't know exactly what happened, then your mind is going to go crazy. It's like, oh, I bet they did crazy stuff. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't want your brain going there about the girl. Oh um, my God. Yeah, it's really, really bad. It's really bad. Um, and I think the person we watched to be the hardest on was Rachel, who, or at least that's what they chose. That's who they chose to focus on. I mean, they, the first thing that I heard her say that should made me that showed that she had any semblance of a personality was, I don't want to see her when Brie comes back from her day. Yeah, yeah, that was like the realest we've ever seen her get. <laughs> Like, I like that. Give me that. I don't want to see her. <laughs> yeah, but she was just like really freaking out and like wore a weird shirt on their date. <laughs> it's not a pottery shirt. It was not a pottery shirt. Yeah, so here's the deal with the pottery date. Like, I assume, like, okay. Think about the, like, okay, so the spa one. However gross, they were still had, they still had their hands all over each other, right? And like, even like Brie, like we saw, like they were like sexy together and they like, I think that there is still something like super like intimate about like being out in nature together. And there's something nice about that. And then it was like, we're going to make bowls. <laughs> like, it was like, I felt like it was on like the, well, it was probably a, a, a regular date that would have been the most enjoyable for the fantasy suite date. It was like, <laughs> I'm going to counter with a question. Okay. Have you ever seen Ghost? Okay, yes, I know. But like that's still. the sexiest scene of all time in any movie. They would that that was a opportunity. That was an opportunity, so but Rachel was struggling so much with her pottery as a symbol for how she was struggling with her emotions. Mm. She was like, I'm not even gonna go 
Well, first of all, I wasn't, I was not even in utero when ghosts came out. I'm pretty sure she definitely didn't know or was aware. She definitely didn't know what ghost was. But she wouldn't even let her get herself to the place of like, oh, maybe we could have sexy time with this because she was like, no, we need to talk right now. Well, she need, they, I mean, frankly, she needed to do that. That was, I think, the right thing to do in that moment because she's like, she was just going to be like, it was just going to be awkward and horrible the entire time if they didn't just like have a conversation. No, and I do appreciate that instinct. And I think, I actually do think Rachel does have pretty strong, like spot on instincts when it comes to sort of navigating what the, like being aware of what's happening in the house and her, right. her own emotions. Um, so I thought that was a good thing that she did. I think what Rachel needs to work on and I need to work on it. We all do, but it was painfully clear how young she was watching her try to express her feelings towards Yeah. It's just disjointed and awkward and uncomfortable. It, it sort of sounded like you, you were listening to a teenager talk about why they were upset about why a guy was leaving them on red, which is a term that my little sister taught me. <laughs> I don't know what it means. <laughs> he said that he saved their date for last, right? So she could like rest up from her landing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And he was like, in that moment, I was like, what would life be like without Rachel? I know. I know. And he was trying. I feel like he was trying to make it sound like it was a really big deal that he cared about her terrible fall. And I was like, I would hope that you would care about any human being like that away. Like, I, like it was a little kind of he was like I care about you because I saw you get I saw your body slam into the crowd like we do not worry about anybody like else that wants that so bad he yeah which is so crazy because out of the three couples, they have significantly the least chemistry. The least amount of chemistry. I know. It's really it's really strange. Like maybe that's part of it. Like they haven't, like maybe she's always felt a little bit arm's length from him. So the like anticipation is like insane. I think Matt just feels the need to um conquer or I don't mean that in the sexist way that it just came out of my mouth but like he feels the need to um like earn or like he wants like somebody who's gonna play hard to get you know and I think Rachel sort of by had like he he likes the girls who aren't into him so you know he likes the yeah sort of pulling away he liked Sarah when she had her her stuff with her family going on like and I think Rachel's um mm. Rachel's kind of quiet and I think sometimes that comes across as coy and I think it's almost as if he's trying to like win her over or something yeah that's actually that makes a lot of sense that's like really really good insight you're right he like likes the girls who don't when girls don't like him he's like he really likes them <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah and mm. then we saw the extended conversation that he had with the other girls about uh his dad with rachel which was um again like sort of disjointed and 
She, he, he Everything just, felt very surface level, what she was saying. Yeah. He seemed smitten with her while she was speaking. Yeah. I mean, like, he had, like, a light and a glow in his face. Like, I don't even think – I don't think it mattered what she was saying because I don't think he heard it. Like, he just, like, was obsessed with watching her talk. That's so true. There was an instance – I can't remember if it was, like, when he said something like – yeah, I got clarity. And she's like, clarity, clarity. Yeah, I was going to ask if you got that. And he was like, 100%, I did. <laughs> like, it was just sort of a, like, if she was just sort of like, yes, yesing his statement. And he was enthralled by it. Like, he was just like, 100%, clarity. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah, you're so right. She literally could have said, I pooped sprinkles. <laughs> and he would have been like, amazing. <laughs> Okay, actually, that would be. <laughs> um, but they got fireworks. They were the only ones that got fireworks, to our knowledge. And we didn't see her morning after. That's true. We did not. We saw it was weird. straight on into the rose ceremony. Where they were all wearing black. Reality Steve was like, is this a funeral? They were all in black. I think we all feel like we're in a funeral. Like our emotional state. <laughs> we're like all grieving. Yeah. So I was just like, yes. Mm -hmm. To me, the tone was felt very. I understand this. I understand. I was like, yeah, I feel this way too. <laughs> uh, Brie, this exit with Brie mm. was so hard. Again, you had mentioned earlier that she was completely blindsided. But, you know, first of all, beautiful crier, stunning. Stunning. I know. I loved her hair, like in that little low bun too. That was a really nice hairstyle. It's a great look for her. I mean, any look. Yeah. I really liked. I I really liked Lola. Yeah, I love a low bun. Um, I know this was hard. It's really hard on this show in general, whether it's The Bachelor, The Bachelorette, like their contestants. It's very hard to watch people be blindsided by the breakup. And like keep so much composure mm -hmm. and like stay like so respectful of the lead. Mm -hmm. And you just like know that they're like breaking inside. It's so, it's so hard to watch. Yeah. I've never behaved that way during a breakup. Oh no, I will burn your house down. Yeah. Just kidding. But I'm not pretty. I'm not pretty and I'm not composed. No, 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 no. Yeah, no. no I think no, 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 my no. ex-boyfriend, we like had a like a final lunch and I accidentally put a chopstick in a glass of water thinking it was a straw. Like I was just <laughs> I was just like sorry, I've never heard that before. I don't think I've ever told anybody that, but I was just like completely dysfunctional. <laughs> Did you like put your mouth on it? Yeah, it wasn't until the stick. The chopstick that I realized that it wasn't a straw. Oh my god, I've never. Yeah, I was whatever. It was just a mess. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh well, my breakup stories—you've heard them. I can't even share them publicly because <laughs> people will call the police on me. Oh my god. They probably should have. There, there are some entertaining ones in your past. <laughs> There's some bad ones. DM me. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just say, like, I have no shame and I will show up to your house whenever I please. <laughs> I, feel, I remember it's, you telling me there was a few instances where you would, like, get off on a bus stop. 
that wasn't yours after like a late night <laughs> yeah it was like his like so how like where I went to college we all I, I don't think it's like Clemson's like this anymore but when I was there like all the apartments were kind of like really far out now they have more closer to campus but they were really far and so you took a bus from downtown and my stop was like the last bus stop always and his was like somewhere in the middle my ex's so i like would be with like all my roommates and everyone that lives in my apartment complex and it would be his stop and i would just like get up off the bus and they're like no sarah this isn't i was like no it's okay it's fine and it would be like 2 a.m and i would be like banging on the door like is anyone home <laughs> like his roommates would be like you really have to stop coming here <laughs> guys tough. they're so hot I, yeah i would not have the composure to just let out a single glistening tear and forgive no, no, no. especially when he basically gave her nothing he all he said was just like it's just i feel it more with the other women rather than you which would in general be a suitable thing to say in a breakup, but because he validated her so much up until the very end, uh, it wasn't. And she just said something really sweet to him. And he said, thanks for saying that. Like he says to everybody. And then he put her in the limo. <sighs> I am just emotionally raw, you guys. And I feel yeah. everybody, I literally, every person on this, like, uh, well, there was even a moment after Brie went home, he comes back into the rose ceremony and he goes to hug Rachel. And even the look on Michelle's face was she had like, like she, like there was like pain, like watching it. I was like, this is awful. Like, I can't see these women like having to watch all this. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah. Yeah man alive well you know um next week i believe is our final week uh we'll have after the final rose with emmanuel um a lot is likely going to be addressed uh i am terrified to watch next week's actual finale because and this is a spoiler we've been talking about the last three weeks if you don't want to hear it i would end the podcast now I cannot, like, I don't know how I'm going to watch Michelle getting dumped. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm, like, very scared to watch Michelle get dumped. <laughs> Same. I, I also, if the rumors are true and Matt and Rachel have since broken up, I'm nervous to see what that interaction with them. I don't, I know. And after the final of the rose. Luckily, I feel in safer hands. <laughs> with Emmanuel. So 100%. I'm sort of being cradled like a little baby in a way that I've just, yeah, I've always felt in on this show that I, well, at least within this past season that I, I've always felt myself being like, is there any adults in the room? Like, yeah, I know. Who are the adults in the room? Who's, who's navigating us? I just, who's in charge? Like who is in charge? I know. I, I agree with you, Alex. I, yeah, I, I feel I like knowing that Emmanuel Acho is the host, like I feel like I can like kind of like breathe a little, like knowing that it's going to at least be handled by a professional, somebody who's qualified to actually have these conversations. Yes, 
I think if it was Chris Harrison hosting, I would be, regardless of the Rachel interview, the extra interview, like, even if that never happened, I think that I would still be very, very nervous. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is- to conduct that, yeah. This is big, this is big deal stuff. This is not the show that it was 21 years ago. So, um, it's just time. It's time. We're evolving. The show's evolving. Just we need to be in better hands. Uh, but I'm happy to see you, Sarah. And I'm happy to have this happy lovely audience sticking with us each week. Um, yeah, I hope everyone at home is just doing really, really well and yeah care of themselves and i hope the cold weather states are having warmer weather i am here where um people are calling it fake spring meaning that another snowstorm is on the horizon but i can't even think about that right now because it's 70 degrees enjoy the sunshine while you can walk your dogs fresh air do your stuff um, yeah, Bling Empire, uh, Selling Sunset, old episodes of uh, Love is Blind, The Circle. I mean, these are the things that I am turning to <laughs> right now in these tumultuous times when I need to go to bed. So I think we should all just like also respect each other's indulgences and uh, and also just like feel okay having them. Yeah, I agree. If anyone needs a new design show to binge, Studio McGee is on it's actually called something else. It's called like dream design makeover or something like that, but it's with the studio McGee girl. I forget her name. Um, I recommend it if you're looking for a new design show. Cool. Um, <laughs> well, thanks for the, for the hot wreck and thank you for joining <laughs> We will be back thanks. next week. Uh, oh, sorry, sis. What, what were you going to say? I was saying thanks. Oh, <laughs> okay. Let's end it there. <laughs> All right. Thanks so much for listening. And if you like what you heard, please rate and subscribe. And of course, the journey doesn't end here. Follow us on social media at Sarah Elizabeth Franklin and at Alex Ryan Frank. See you later. Hi, I'm Michelle Veray. And I'm Kimberly Trung, and we are the host of Crush Fictionally, a podcast all about your favorite fictional characters from movies, TV shows, and more. Each episode, we pick a theme, curate a list of characters that we love, why we love them, and some fun facts about the people who created them. So if you've ever felt a true connection with a fictional character, tune in to Crush Fictionally on Campfire Media or wherever you find your podcast. Campfire.